0: Welcome to the Keith and Kelly Show. My name is Kelly. And I'm Keith Gordon. And today we live in a litigious environment and world. And today we're going to talk about ways to stay out of that hot water because it can get very expensive very, very quickly. So, yes.
1: Okay. So, hi folks. Um, I've already shot with Kelly um, a podcast about risks, but we're going to go through it again. That podcast is getting a lot of downloads and, uh, obviously realtors are probably most concerned about managing risk because you can make all the money you want, but if you give it back to a lawyer or to settle a case, um, not too good, right? So yeah, it's tough. Um, so let's kind of run through risk and how to avoid them. And Kelly, the first thing I will say to you to avoid risk is, is be cognizant of what you say to everybody every moment of the day and take notes.
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah. Having a record of that can, can at least, you know, you can run that by a friend like, Hey, here's what I said. And they may go, Ooh, I you know, probably wouldn't say that again, but at least you have a record to go back and say, here's what we talked about. And here's what you signed off on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well signed off one from the seller. So if you're a listing agent, um, the way we work at all true is everything that is said or email received gets stored in the account, all the notes, all the emails, all the showing notes, all the everything. If somebody says something, it's got to go in the notes. Why? Because when you get that phone call from somebody saying, Keith, I'm an attorney and I represent so-and-so, which has happened so many times with me, but I'm always good because I got all the notes. I don't have to guess. I just go there and grab all the notes. You know what I do? I give them to the lawyer and say, "Go, go get the buyer's agent. Don't get me. I'm the listing agent. I got everything here. We're clean. Um, my point is, is that if you don't have notes, you can't defend. What are you going to do? You can't remember back three months. You can't remember back six years or eight. I mean, six months or or two years because you might get sued two years after the event. Right. So of course, as realtors, we all have E and O insurance that covers us for the most part, right? But it doesn't cover you for HUD violations. So one of the biggest risks you have really is getting sued by HUD for uh, discrimination. Biggest one right there. Careful as you go. You ever get that call where somebody says, you know, I, I want a Section 8 home. I'm, I see this ad for Section 8. and You go, well, I don't deal in Section 8 or I don't help with rentals or I don't do this. You careful as you speak to rental people in particular because they could be fishing. A friend of mine just got fished. Is that? I don't think the word is fishing. What's the word for that? <laughs> catfished. No, <laughs> catfished. No, it was a word when somebody calls you up and tests you. It's a tester uh, or whatever. Probably trolls. Yeah, but anyway, he got tested, trolled, whatever, fished, and um, he settled for five grand. Uh, mm-hmm. He has a lot of properties under rental management, and in his violation with this particular person was that the ad said no uh, convicts, no, no misdemeanors or felonies or something like that. And that's a, that's a no when it comes down to placing an ad. So careful as you place the ads, if you, if you place ads on rental properties, most importantly, careful what you say. If you have a prospect that you're working, obviously we know about steering in different neighborhoods or we're not worried about redlining cause we're not mortgage brokers, right? I think that's more in the mortgage industry where they don't lend in some areas. But we have a lot of risk with discrimination. I've told my team time and time again, be kind to everybody on the phone and be respectful. As a matter of fact, if a person calls you and they're searching for a rental property and you're not a rental agent, give them some some tips on what to do. Be kind to them. Send them to Zillow. Send them to, to, to set up automatic searches.
0: Tell them to be fast. Tell them to be ready. Have somebody you can refer them to. Even better. Yeah. Help them. Yeah. As, uh, you know, agents having that hit list, whether it's a handyman or, or a rental agent or whomever, having this list of people that you can refer to, that helps your business too and helps your reputation. Yeah, that was another thing on here. Risk. It's right
1: there. See that? Reputation. reputation. Yeah, right there. Circled. And the reason why I circled reputation in my little notes here for this, Keith and Kelly show is that you know when you're speaking, if you don't if you're hasty with somebody and they go to Yelp or, or Google and they post something that I talked to Keith Gordon and he was a real jerk. I've seen those posts before. Yeah, be nice to everybody because you get one bad post out there. What are you gonna do about it? You're gonna bury it with other good posts like that's what you do. You get a bad post. you're gonna have to go and get other people to say nice things about you. How about not say anything nasty? Or be in a hurry for anybody. I don't care how busy you are. Stop and take your darn time, right?
0: Yeah, and that's one of the one of the main reasons that I take my clients through uh, really targeting your your clients and vetting them out and and sizing them up in a way that is this someone that I want to work with. I do that to every client that comes through my funnel. I, I speak to on. every single one. I'm just, don't just enroll every single one, me or someone from my team. We have a conversation with this person and find out if it's a if it's a good fit. Because, like you said, if this person's not a good fit, they're not going to do the work, they're going to badmouth you when they don't get the results and they're going to go on Yelp and Facebook and everything. They're going to blast you, and then there goes your your reputation just like that. It's not it's not worth it. So I think sometimes. I I see a lot of people getting short-sighted with that, you know, the, the transaction in their eyes or the paycheck coming and it, it blinds them to do some things that are out of line or out of character or they, and they may not even know, but, uh, yeah.
1: So let's stay there for a second, you know, managing risk and your reputation. If you don't have a reputation, you don't have business. So, um, be very careful when you're speaking to your clients and customers that you don't offend them. I've said this so many times that you have risk in every one of your contacts. There, it's, all, it's all a risk deal. What you say, how you say it. You don't want to offend them. You don't want to be careful when you ask them for a price drop. You want to ask them. Don't tell them what to do. And, and also, when somebody, a seller in particular, is putting their heels down and they will not replace the electrical panel because it's a faulty Pacific you know, um, Pacific or one of the many, um, faulty, uh, panel boxes, if they don't want to replace it, don't beat them up over it. I had a seller that told me that he has a friend that's coming from North Carolina, to Florida, will be here in two weeks. And when he gets here, he's going to replace that panel box for me. It's going to save me about $300 and I'm going to wait. And we lost the deal, but we got it back. We got, I'm not worried about it because we got another deal. We probably could have sold it two or three more times. I wasn't, I wasn't aggressive with him, but I said to him, I said, you know, I've never seen that before where we're not fixing something that's, that's going to stop a deal, but I understand what you're saying. Uh, so are you sure you want to wait two weeks? He goes, yes, I am. I go, okay. Well, then we wait. Okay. Now, did I get a review from him? I don't think so. I don't need a review from everybody. I'd like a review. But the point is, we ha- I handled it right, even though I thought it was the most bizarre thing ever that you don't just get an electrician to... Change out the panel box and pay the 1200 or $1,500 right, and yeah. let's move on. But it's not my home. It's his home, right? And he wanted to do it a particular way that made him happy. And he was wanted that $200 or $300 or $400 savings. That's not my call. But I did make the right call Or not saying, you're an idiot. I'm yeah. done working with you. And I knew it was tough to begin with. I could tell. So back to your thing, careful who you who you pick as your client's. In real estate unfortunately we all need commissions so you you as a coach I
0: mean,
1: you're getting married with that person in a different little different way than we are. We sure. can manage those sellers somehow and and take our notes and be careful with them whereas you have to actually you know get that person to work with you to succeed or they're not going to succeed, right? Yeah.
0: I think the biggest the biggest tip that I could give agents in this type of scenario is take off your your sales hat for just a second and put on a a doctor's lab coat. A doctor never, 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 never. Now, a good doctor, let's, you know, there's some questionable ones out there, I'm sure, but a doctor gives you choices, gives you options, leads you to a decision. It's not saying, hey, you have to take this prescription. What does he say? What does he or she say? Hey, you can take this prescription and you can follow this plan and you can live a long, healthy life. Or you can keep doing what you're doing and you're dead in three months. But he's not going to say, like, you have to do this and you they, must Because they do have that. no control. Because they have no control, number one. <laughs> right. And if they say, hey, you have to take this prescription and the guy ends up croaking, then, you know, he's on the hook for that too. But, yeah. yeah. So...
1: Uh, keeping down this road of risk and not getting down too many rabbit holes. But, you know, when talking about control, yeah, when you're working with sellers, you don't have so, many, so much control. Same thing with buyers. Uh, but you do have control of what you say, and you have control of your reputation to a large point. Um, I've only had one bad review. It was my fault, 100% my fault. Dumb thing I said one day, and I think I've said that before. I told a seller, and I'll say it again, if you don't lower your price, you're really not a seller because you're not talking to the buyers. It's in my book,
0: <laughs> and I
1: put it in there, and I thought it was accurate. But it, yeah, that's accurate. But you don't say it. There's some there's certain things that might be true, but you never would say it to a human being. Wrong. Right. Let's keep going here. Another big one is copyright. We already did that in the other podcast. Everybody knows that. If you don't know it, if you don't own those pictures and have right to use those pictures in the MLS, your personal website, etc., you don't have the right to use them. If you yep. get sued for copyright, exactly. it's going to cost you.
0: And there, are, there is AI out there that is designed to filter through websites to find copy infringement photos specifically. There is a whole business structure, business model around uh, finding these things and they have the AI and the software to go out and look for it. So yeah, a lot of us have at one point or another been on Pinterest. We've screenshotted a, a photo, then we use it for, for whatever that's what we're talking about here. If yeah. you don't own that photo, uh, you can get in some real trouble. You're, you're just going to get a bill in the mail. It's going to be super simple and easy and expensive. Yeah, it's it's
1: 30, it's thirty grand if it's non-malicious. It's 150000 if it's malicious, meaning you took the watermark off. And as a footnote to this conversation about copyright you when you pay for photos get that bill in your name not the company's name because if you leave brokers and move to another broker you're taking those photos with you those photos don't go with you they're with the other broker right and that's not a technicality that's that's the truth yeah have the invoice in your name and make sure you have rights to use those photos in perpetuity you know so very careful with the photos i got sued and thank goodness i had hartford insurance because it would have cost me 15 grand hartford settled for 15 grand on my my little thing um So, uh, yeah, it was a big deal because that was one photo from five or six or no, 2016. Wow. Four plus two, six years ago, a long time ago. Uh, and we're careful, but it got through our our people. Uh, Let's, let's go to careful in getting through people. So contracts, let's talk about contract risk. There's a lot of contract risk out there. Uh, when you write a contract, sometimes you're not feeling good that day. Sometimes you're distracted. You had an argument with the wife, um, Maybe you have bill pressure or something. Maybe you drank too much the night before. Traffic, I mean, no,
0: stress, whatever, however.
1: Yeah. You need all eyes open when you write contracts. So when somebody, if you're a listing agent, somebody sends you a contract and you're going through the motions, that's a hell no. You're going to probably get your butt in a lot of trouble. For sure. So what I'm saying to you is this. Sometimes you look at a, a number like 400000 or four twenty. And then you look at the, the, uh, the additional term section of the contract and it has another number there about appraisal shortfall. And it made sense to you at the time, but then four days or five days or a week later, when it becomes an issue, you look at it and you go, what was I thinking? That number has nothing to do with that number, but they referenced each other. In my particular case, it got through me and this was actually an appraisal shortfall hedge that some, that the buyer's agent didn't change. I won the argument. I won, I won the day, but it was not comfortable. What happened? My negotiator was out of town. I was on deck and I'm busy, but never too busy to be accurate. And I, something got by me. So my point is, you got to be incredibly careful when you're looking at all these numbers. I like two or three eyes. I have a transaction coordinator that does the authentic signing and she is not responsible to be dogmatic authentic signer. No. She is charged with looking at all the numbers and making sure it all balances out. The same thing with the commission verification form when we're, we're getting paid or we're, we're authorizing the payment of commission, same deal. You've got to make sure you're right about everything on these contracts, in particular, the money, and make sure dollar amounts all match up. And in particular, when you're countering, I don't counter people. I just have them upload back to me, back to me. It's called the one-way street. It keeps power in my court. But the point is... Just because they're sending it back to you doesn't mean they gave you all your edits that you asked for. So be very careful. The best thing is more than one eyes on the deal. I like three. I like me. I like Renee Golder-Widman, my negotiator. And I like Marcy, my transaction. I'm on, all, I'm on all three on that. And it's really important. And we have protocol on that to keep things from happening and going astray. So what's next? Uh, let's go to insurance. I mentioned the Hartford to you. If you don't have business insurance, Thank goodness my partner bought the Hartford, you know, six years ago I'm paying that premium every year. You need more than, EO. you need a general liability business insurance to cover you. Look at look at some policy to protect you and what it covers. Really important there. Uh, so we went through contracts. Let's go through escrow. Uh, can you make a mistake in escrow? Well, yes and no, not really. Um, you know, can, it, can you have too little escrow if you represent the seller? The answer is Yes. Will you get sued for it? No, because if uh, if you lose a deal and they're in breach, the buyers in breach, the only thing you've got is escrow, right? So you want the escrow to be high enough to cover at least 45 days worth of damage. That's principal interest, taxes, insurance, the uh, losing the marketing time, all that stuff. So in in general, I think the average seller's cost to lose a deal is five grand. I don't do escrows at five grand. My escrows are five grand north. I do five grand if it's a tiny two hundred thousand dollar deal. But I prefer ten thousand escrow. If it's a five hundred thousand dollar deal, I want twenty five thousand escrow. If it's an all cash deal, I want as much as I can. Why? Because it protects my seller. That way, I control the uh, the tempo of the deal, and in case yeah, it goes amok, yeah, yeah I, I I got some way to protect my seller. It's all about protecting either me or the buyer or the seller, right? You got some leverage too. Yeah, you got leverage. Very important. Another huge risk is the MLS entry. Let's go to MLS entry commissions. Let's say you're offering 2.5. You have a listing agreement 2.5, but you put 3% in the box. Why? Because 3% is on your brain all the time, right? And you put 3% in the MLS, but you only got permission to offer 2.5. You're going to lose a half a point right there. A half a point on 500,000 is 2,500. Not that big a deal, right? Is that right? Five times five is Mm 2,500. Not that big a deal. It's 2,500. But it could be bigger. You could put a a bonus in there of 10 grand and mean 1,000. That's $9,000 mistake. Here's another MLS entry mistake, square footage. Your seller says to you, uh, no, the tax rolls are wrong. I'm not $1,600, I'm i am $2,300. And you believe the seller, you don't measure. You put $2,300 in there, but the inspector comes out and he goes, this does not feel like $2,300. He measures and he says, no, this is $1,700. And now we have a problem. It's not the risk from from the, uh, you're not going to get find by being, you know, malicious in any way. You're not malicious. You're just you're just not doing your job. So you could lose the deal. You probably will lose the deal. Uh, but you could have avoided it by just measuring, saying, I understand that. Let me just take a quick look at this. Happens all the time. Another one is windows. We mentioned this before in the other podcast, impact windows versus insulated windows. If you say impact and you got the buyer in the seller, you're double siding a deal, and you basically Warranted what you had in the MLS description because you have both sides if you only had one side MLSA, a It's it says you can't rely on this as being accurate, but if you have the buyer. That's your client. That's your customer Your mm-hmm. customer you have two customers here, right? Another problem because impact windows are not double insulated
0: windows, right? And not cheap
1: <laughs> Expensive <laughs> really another place to lose lose a bunch of money uh, Let's see what else we can talk about here with mistake. Let's talk about buyers agents for mistake most typical call I've received from lawyers uh, from about buyers agents which is not me because I'm typically a listing agent is a uh, septic tank was there but I didn't know it because nobody told me it until we got it closed nobody even inspected it because they didn't think that I don't know, it was on sewer right and maybe we were wrong but you know you know buyer beware inspect it point is if you're a buyer's agent and you got a septic field out there or a septic you got to know it if not you might get sued because a, a buyers don't like septic sometimes i have no problem with a septic field but what if the septic field is bad you know how much a septic field right it's it's 8 grand could be 13 grand to replace and that that's an that's an e&o claim which is good in a way but not good you don't want e&o claims against you so be very careful about as far as buyer's agent same thing with square footage be careful to protect your buyer on the square footage because you could get sued for that of course and what else could we talk about regarding risk? You've got anything, Kelly?
0: I think I just would like to, after we've scared everyone into a, a frenzy here, that was not our uh, intent to uh, make you fearful because a lot of times these fears of being sued or these fears of uh, being in, a, in legal battles and making sure everything is right uh, can cause stress and cause lack of performance and can actually cause mistakes. And so what we're trying to do in, in this episode is like, hey, be mindful of this. Just be aware of this. It may not be your sphere of genius, but don't try to make it so. Find someone on your team or a partner or a mentor or a coach or someone that you can bounce some ideas on or questions. Hey, I don't know about this. I don't want to say this and get into trouble. How should I, how should I act? And do your due diligence before you, you step into that ring because you'll get, you'll get punched in the mouth if you speak from which you're, you're not certain. And so again, we're not trying to, to scare you. Everything has a risk associated with it, but just be mindful, make sure you cover yourself as best you can.
1: So let me conclude this podcast this is going to be a short one because it's, we're not going to jump into another subject. We're going to end this one and, and start another podcast. But uh, the last thing I'll say to you is what Kelly just said is 100% correct, is that if I don't know it, I don't know it. And I've been a broker 36 years. I've done over 4,000 deals. I've seen almost everything, right? But I still don't know, know everything. Why is that? Because it's so difficult. This real estate, there's so many angles to everything. It's complicated. Sometimes it gets really complicated. So guess who I call, Kelly, Florida Legal Hotline. I've called them two hundred times over the past ten years, and I like them. I mean, they're 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 sort of friendly. They're nice. And I present my case to them, and usually I kind of know the answer before I call. But because I think I know the answer doesn't mean I know the answer, and I want to I want to know it. I want to know what the right answer is for the situation. How about when somebody doesn't close on the closing date. They funded the account it happened the other day. Buyer funds it for $420,000. He's 2 days outside closing and the seller says, "Sorry, hard to keep, put the money up." But he was in breach, he was. But now how does the title company return the escrow without a release and cancellation? And do you need a release and cancellation? And is that contract really dead? Because there is still equitable interest possibly still there. You might be in front of a judge. So I bounced that off of Florida Legal and they gave me their opinion, which was they didn't speak to the contract, um, but they spoke to needing a release and cancellation because that escrow doesn't belong to the title company. It belongs to others, correct? Escrow belongs to others. It's never yours. It's you're holding for another, right? So you always reference your broker, call Florida Hotline, bend their ear, it's it's a great exercise for yourself and always read the trade magazines. They have that section, you know, Q and A section where they talk about what do I do if I'm this and what do I do if I'm that in this situation? Do I have to do do all my commissions? Even if I do a BPO have to go through my broker? Well, the answer is yes. Every bit of dollars that come in have to go to the broker. Right? So uh, you need to know these things and the way you know them is to ask. Don't get sued. Ask. Right. You don't know everything. Even if you're a pro, you don't know anything. And a lot of times
0: that'll build connection with whomever your client is to say, hey, I I don't know the answer to this. I'm going to find the answer. We have a whole team of resources and tools at my disposal, but I can't speak to this right now, and I want to make sure that I keep you safe and myself safe. And when you have a conversation like that, they're going to go, gosh, man, he's really looking after me.
1: That's what I do. Right. That's what I do. I'm not embarrassed. I don't know. I said, I don't really know. Yeah. Let me make sure I know.
0: I'd much rather be embarrassed than be $25,000 lighter. Oh, it (laughs) hurts. It hurts. It hurts
1: if you get sued. It is not good. It's also not good for your reputation anyway. Absolutely. Let's close this one out, Kelly.
0: All right. Well, uh, yeah, if you've got some legal questions or you got to... We're not giving legal advice that's here. Right, that's uh, right. We're not we lawyers. We do have a <laughs> lot of, uh, of tools and contacts that we can... We just want to engage with you. That's the point. We want to hear about what's valuable to you, and we hope that we're adding value. And if that's the case, there's uh, three little buttons on whatever device that you're listening to it on. Uh, share this with your your network, because we're trying to grow this podcast and provide as much valuable information uh, valuable content as we can and we need your help to do that so until we connect we'll see you see you see you next time
1: so guys kelly from the moser movement and i'm keith gordon from ultra realty and thank you for listening and we'll see you in the next podcast that's it